Hello, Ned here. Thank you for joining us for this finale episode of the campaign ImpTab Avatar 10,000 Things. It's been a wild ride getting here, and it will continue to be a wild ride as we finish out this story. And after that, it will continue to be a wild ride for this podcast as a whole. So if you stick around to the end of this episode, we'll give you some details about what you can expect from Improv Tabletop in the upcoming weeks as we wrap things up from this campaign and as we move forward into the future of the podcast. This is a really fun episode. We're really happy with how things ended up, and we hope you like it as well. But we spent plenty of time waxing poetic about this story later on in the episode, so I'm not going to hold you for any longer. On with the show. Previously on ImpTab Avatar. Our knowledge seekers, having concluded their little stint at the library, headed towards the village of Yudao, where Taya is supposedly is from, and also where they were supposed to meet with the mysterious Walkman from Amar's vision that he'd had. When they arrived, they discovered that the Walkman was, in fact, Taya's father, a Fire Nation citizen who had married an Earthbender and therefore had created Taya, who was herself an Earthbender, but with a great loyalty to the Fire Nation. And why such loyalty to the Fire Nation? Because when she was a young girl, unfortunately, her mother died in a tragic kitchen accident in a fire, and all of the Earthbenders in the era used that as an excuse to blame her father and to further foment this distrust for the Fire Nation people. And in the midst of learning all of this stuff, a rebellious young earthbender threw a rock at Mr. Fucho, prompting our heroes to chase after him and to secure him on top of a roof. And after trying to convince him of the error of his ways, but realizing that he was far too radicalized to hear reason, but realizing themselves that perhaps maybe things aren't as peaceful between the four nations as they thought things were, our heroes decided to head out from Yudao and go to Amar's home village of Teikak because Mr. Fucho had told them that his daughter Taya had headed up there to quote-unquote tie up some loose ends. What are these loose ends that Taya is trying to tie up and what's going to happen when our heroes reach Teikak? Let's find out here in the world of Avatar Legends. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to ImpTab Avatar, the Avatar Legends actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, I'm shaking, everybody. McKenna Steele, I'm squishing marshmallow. And Christian Randall, I wanna fight. Oh, well, you, you'll probably get that fight eventually. We'll have to see, but <laughs> you know, there might be some twists and turns here and there. We'll see, we'll see. As a prolific writer who has a number of fans in this podcast's cast often says, there's always another secret, you know? <laughs> there is always another That's secret. true. Always. So, I mean, I'm full of all kinds of anxious, nervous energy about this. So, I mean, let's just jump right on into it. Ooh, however, first, a little uh, bookkeeping note. There was some Otter Penguins Unagi and Hot Springs stuff that happened last time around, meaning that some growth was marked, meaning that Zaya gets another advancement. Uh, I decided to level up my focus to no longer be a zero, but instead to be a plus one. Booyah. So I can add that on my skills and training stuffs. Yeah, everybody has advanced twice since Jetsoon switched over to the Elder. <laughs> Dude, I love... Why didn't you do that sooner? It's so good. Yeah, I had this ability <laughs> before I was the Elder. Uh, we knew that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys are tearing across the Earth Kingdom from the western edge to the very northern edge. Things getting chillier and chillier as you approach that northern border close to the northern water tribe. There is snow up in the higher peaks that you're passing by as you're motoring your way down through the valleys towards Tikak. And Zaya maybe doesn't have quite as much of an emotional attachment to this place, but I would be interested in hearing what people are thinking and feeling about coming back to this village. Oh boy, what what people? <laughs> yes, Zaya, how do you feel about going to Tikak? So listen, um, I'm feeling, you know, like, oh man, I'm really glad that I'm used to cold weather. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, just, just feeling uh, pretty excited. Um, Marmar's telling me about how he's hungry, so I'm feeding him nuts. Mm -hmm. that, that's where I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, Marmar, how do you feel about going to Tekak? Awesome. Thank you, Marmar. Ah, <laughs> such profound words. We haven't heard from Marmar in a second. It's good to hear him again. Yeah. yeah. He likes to observe. Mm. 
As for Jetsoon, he is having quite a few feelings. Um, he is... <sighs> he is still shaken from what happened last time, and this is not helping. Uh, <laughs> he's... As he's approaching, he's thinking about Monk Jasen, the the one airbender who did end up perishing here. As far as he knows, he he saw Jasen go down and never found him. So he's kind of torn up about that. Obviously, the whole aspect of this is the place where his biggest mistake in life happened. There's a lot going on, but he's a big part of Jetsun is also kind of just keeping an eye on Amar and hoping he's doing okay, because this is... He still has a father here who hopefully is still alive at this point. And as Jetsun watches over Amar worriedly, what's going through Amar's heart and mind? <sighs> Amar is having a lot of mixed feelings, um, especially because coming in, a lot of the things that he knows should be familiar still aren't because of that daily brainwashing business. Um... But he's also thinking, you know what, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's good that things might come back slowly uh, instead of all at once. There's a lot of grief, a lot of sadness in this place, but there's good memories too. And right now we're coming in here with a mission. So at least there's something to focus on. As we're driving, vroom vrooming, if you will, <laughs> as we get closer, I would imagine that I could feel you're tensing up mm -hmm. since I'm riding on the back. Um, holding on to you, so I'm just going to hold on to you just a little bit tighter. Just as like, it's okay, you got this. Thank you. And you come finally puttering into the town. You can see the building starting to get a bit more clustered, where occasionally there was just like a little farmhouse out in the field. They start to become more and more bunched together until finally you can see you are in the village proper. I will say, as we approach, I take out that hat that I got back in Bossing Say and I put it back on. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming this place still has feelings about airbenders, so. Yeah, that's probably wise. Valid. Yep, you've got your poncho to cover the rest of you, so now just a hat on top of your head to take care of that. And puttering on up into town, there's a little skiff of snow that's beginning to fall over this place, and it dampens the sounds of Fifi as you come revving in, dampens the sounds of the few people who are moving about the streets, Starting to get a little bit late in the evening, the sun setting off in the west is filtering through this light haze of snow in the air, just kind of suffusing the entire area with this pinkish glow. It's a beautiful yet kind of somber sort of moment as you get into this place. And uh, Amar, let's have you roll to see if you can get something in your memory from this. That is going to be with focus. Okay. That's a 10. Nice. Oh, yeah. You come into town, and as you're looking around, just kind of thinking to yourself, these buildings don't look familiar. But as you're saying that to yourself, they start to look familiar. You remember the last time you came from Yudao to Taekak, after your father had spent some time there learning about the metalworking, bringing some of that new knowledge with him back to town. The same exact road that you had traveled down all those years ago. And you look over on the left and you remember, yes, there's the bakery where we stopped and we got those mooncakes to celebrate on the way back. That over there, there's the stable where my favorite horse used to be that I would come and pet his nose and dad would always say, no, you can't get a horse until you're older. <laughs> and you know that just down this street off to the left, that's where you're going to find your old house. Oh boy. Should we just drive up or how, how might he react to seeing you? Honestly, at this point, I don't know. I don't remember. So I say we just drive up and find out. I'm sure that um, he will probably recognize me from the sound of Fifi. So let's go. I put my hand on his shoulder to pause him for a moment. I do want you to be prepared for the possibility that he doesn't recognize you. We have to remember he did make this device. He may have used it on himself. I... I just want you to know we are here for you no matter what happens. You're right. Thank you. And I'll grab both of them and kind of pull them in close and say, I'm glad that I have people like you around me. We've overcome quite a few things in the past while that we've been together. And we can do this too. So long as you don't crack my rib. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 
You're okay. That was a good hug. Thank you. And uh, I will vroom vroom us up right up to the front of the house. Yeah, when you arrive, you see that you're not actually the only ones here. There is some light inside, and there's a young boy standing at the door knocking at it. And you see there's a sign next to the doorway that says Kizu Okami Heartache Removal Services. <gasps> oh boy. Why is there a little boy there? Yeah, he looks to be about maybe 13, 14 years old. And as you drive up, he turns away from the door and puts his hands in his pockets and kind of kicks at some of the snow on the ground and starts walking, like sulking by you guys. Hey, 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 were you trying, did he not answer? Is no one home? Yeah, I've been knocking for like five minutes and just nobody's answering. Oh, what are you trying to do? Oh, just trying to, you know, forget some heartache. You know how it is. Maybe, maybe I can help. What? kind of heartache. Well, I asked Min if she wanted to go to the Phoenix Flight dance with me, and she said no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, uh, I bet. Oh. Well, I was just... We're relatively new in town, and um, not entirely sure how these things work, but would it not be embarrassing if you asked her a second time after you forgot? How is that how he does this? And you see this deer in the headlights look cross his face, <laughs> and he goes, "Maybe it's a good thing that Mr. Okami's not answering right now. I hadn't thought of that." Well, I bet there's somebody out there that would be so excited to go with you. Yeah, hey, I remember. Is the Beilong family still in town? Do they still live around here? Uh, oh yeah, M- Min's Min's their youngest daughter. Oh yeah, okay. Well, that's what I was going to say. I remember that. Uh, they, you know, were known for having uh, beautiful daughters. But anyway, the you know what? The most beautiful daughters. I'm the sorry. most beautiful daughters <laughs> in the entire village. Here, here, here's a coin. Go uh, go get yourself some chocolate or something. <laughs> Thanks, miss. And he takes the coin and he goes rushing off towards that bakery. Oh, dear. Yep. That, oh. Well, the good news is you don't really have to knock. You could just walk in. Yep. Yep. Here we go. Uh, yeah, maybe we should hurry if he hasn't been answered for five minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to open the door and rush right in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you put your weight up against the door and it is locked. I'm going to slice the lock <laughs> yeah. with some fire bending. All right, roll to rely on your skills and training. All righty, that is an 11. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. You slice right through that lock perfectly clean and you shove the door open. And when you get into this front room here, you can see like, okay, yes, this is the front room of the house where I grew up, where we would often meet together, you know, me and my mother and my father. Except now it's not so much a living space as it appears to have been converted into a place of business, or it would have looked maybe that way until very recently, because looking around here now, it is a scene of scraps and bits of metal very similar to the first memory that you have of waking up in the desert after the heist. Oh boy. And as you look around at all of these contraptions, all of these apparatuses that have been torn down and scattered across the place, you can hear coming from a far corner of the room a heavy breathing as if somebody is trying to calm themselves. I'll, I'll run over there. Dad, Dad, is that you? And you see this man who, you know, Jetsun and Zaya, he looks strikingly similar to Amar, but older, gray around the temples in his hair, a few more wrinkles in the face. And he is on the ground with his knees up near his chest, his head clutched in both of his hands, running through his sideburns and up into his hair. And he just kind of starts muttering and he says, The the terrible woman, she, she ruined everything. Never should have started working with her. She came. She, she tore everything apart. I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to get him off the floor and get him onto the sofa or whatever's in the seating area and kneel down and get on, on his level and just say, it's okay, Dad. We came here as fast as we could. I have some friends and we can help you out. I'm just glad that you're okay. With this comfortable chair beneath him, he finally does start to calm down and he pulls his hands away from his face and his bloodshot eyes with tears streaming down from them turn to look at you. And now, Amar, we have another custom move here. When you confront Kizu Okami with something that would trigger a major memory in his mind, roll unmodified to determine whether he has chosen to remove that memory from his own mind. Oh, man. Oh, man. Dead? What? That's a nine. (gasps) Okay. On a 10+, he remembers perfectly 
On a 7 to 9, the memory is still there, but is clouded, incomplete, or corrupted. On a miss, the memory has been erased entirely. Boy. He looks up at you, and he sees the similarities in your face, and he reaches out and he puts his hand on your cheek. His hand is shaking a little bit before he just kind of collapses into your chest. And I just hold him. It's okay, Dad. It's okay, I'm back. I'm here. His breathing kind of re-escalates into sobbing at this point. And he says, I don't remember why you left, but I, I hoped that you would come back. I hoped that you could come back here away from all of the, the terrible things we have involved ourselves in. I'm just, I'm so glad that she already left before you made it here. Um, Mr. Ukami. We both turn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Zaya. I, I, I'm, I'm a friend of Amar's. Did you see which way she went? Go ahead and roll to see if he remembers. Oh. Ah, I have notoriously bad rolls. That's a six. He shakes his head and he says, no, I did I did not look to see where she went after she departed, but I, uh, I would try to make myself forget what she did here, but... And he gestures around to all of the ruined machinery around him. She has removed that opportunity from me. Can I take one hand and adjust my glasses slightly until the light hits it in that classic anime way where it goes white and I go into assess a situation mode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, roll to assess a situation. Since I am shaken, I have a plus one to assess a situation. Interesting. This is a really cool playbook. (laughs) It's a cool playbook. That is a 12. Nice. All right, you get to ask two of the questions. What here can I use to blank? or what is the biggest threat? What should I be on the lookout for? What's my best way in, out, or through? Who or what is in the greatest danger? I want to know as far as like, I'm looking for clues as to where she could have gone. So what should I be out on the lookout for? Yeah, you look around at all the stuff that's been torn apart and you're kind of just like piecing together this trail of carnage. You're just kind of like, okay, if she started with this machine over here, if she smashed that, then she'd probably go over here and you kind of follow it to this bookcase area with all of these like research scrolls on there. Kind of like you might expect to see in a professor's office, almost like a filing cabinet. And you see it's been rooted through. The top couple of drawers have been completely emptied. Everything is just scattered all over the place. The bottom couple drawers are completely untouched because in that middle drawer, you see presumably she found something that she was looking for. All right, this is good. What here can I use to find her then? You think back to what Amar's father had said about how I didn't look to see where she went. I just wish that I could make myself forget why she came here. You figure that of all the things that he's forgotten, this is probably still recent enough in his memory that he's still got it. The knowledge of like what she was doing here. So I can use him. I can have to, have to use his mind. Amar. Yes. Throughout our time together, we have had many difficult conversations under duress. Uh, I think it is time for you to have one of those conversations quickly, if possible, with your father. We need to find out where she went. She seems to have taken something from his study here. If it's as important as what she took from the library, it does not bode well. Okay. Dad, Dad, listen to me. The terrible woman who came here, she is going to do some very bad things. We need to catch her. Why did she come here? Was it just to destroy the memory machine? Was it to destroy the other things that you had? Or was there some other reason? Why did she come? He takes a few more breaths to calm himself down before saying, there was a piece of research that I had been working on before I quit working for Lord Sozin. I have been spending many years of my life trying to learn how to forget the horrible things that have happened to me. And I taught them many techniques that presumably they have been using on many poor people throughout the kingdoms. And upon seeing the success of what I had done, Lord Sozin asked me if I could find a way to make the process more permanent, to be able to control more people in a broader sort of way. And as I was putting together the final pieces of the puzzle, I had a a twinge of remorse. That was why I decided to quit and to come here and to make myself forget all of it, and I had, until she showed up and dragged the memories out of my mind with my own machines. 
Lord Sozin had ordered her to come and to find that finer piece of the puzzle. The knowledge about how they could control many people in more permanent sort of ways. I had some of the details over there in my, in my cabinet. And she took what she could find here, but there was one final piece that I had hidden away in hopes that nobody would ever be able to use this information. The linchpin, the final bit of knowledge that would make everything work. I hid it in a place where I thought it would never be found again. What was it, Dad? It's all about electromagnetic stuff. It's a very highly advanced technology, although we've come such a far away from believing that there were boy spirits and girl spirits in magnets that made them want to be attracted to each other. Yes, yes, of course. We don't believe that anymore. Yes, it's, it's complete hokum. It's, it's, it's really just a, a complete figment. Only a child would believe that anymore. Jetsun is in the background just like furrowing his brow. <laughs> What a callback. What a callback, man. Oh, man. Little (laughs) shout out to uh, one of the Legend of Korra comic book series where they do go into the details of electromagnetism and mind control and whatnot. (laughs) It's all canonical, everybody. It all fits. Yes. Um, But he continues and says, the final piece of knowledge I put into a sealed metal tube, a tube that could be able to withstand high temperatures, and I hid it within that contraption of yours. That, that Fifi. You, you hid it inside Fifi. That's, that's where she went to. She went to try and find where you were. She said she was going to the last place she remembered seeing you before all of this happened. The library? Dad, where in Fifi? Fifi, Fifi has undergone some uh, reconstruction, but most of her was still there. Do you, do you have it here with you? Yes. Yes, come, come out. She's in the front yard. And he goes to take a look at Fifi and kneels down, starts looking at the different compartments and gets to one particular like container, sort of a combustion chamber. And he pauses, he looks at it and says, this piece is new. Have you been replacing parts of your machine? Yes, there was an accident. She was damaged, ripped up into a, a thousand pieces. I, I've been replacing things to help her run smoother. Is Was it this piece? I mean, it's probably still there back at the library. Then if she knows where the pieces are, she could still find it. Amar, we gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Dad, I I am so glad that you are okay. And I plan to come back here to help you get back on your feet, maybe help you remember. Is there anything else that you need to tell us before we need to go and stop her? I've forgotten much of the details of these things that we were involved in back in the day. I don't think there is much more I can give you logistically to help, but if you are fighting against Taya, if you are fighting against Lord Sozin, then finally we both understand what Papa was talking about, and we can both bring honor back to the family name. We must reclaim our honor. Always. And he reaches out and clasps your hand in his in kind of the predator handshake almost. As you feel kind of the heat traveling between your hands, he pauses for a moment longer. And after a moment, like he seems to be working up the courage to say something, he looks up at you, the tears return to his eyes, and he says, I'm proud of you, Amar, and I love you. And I'll hold him, a big old father-son bear hug. I love you too, Dad. Now I'm going to go make Papa proud. I don't know what Sozin is up to, but it must be big. We're going to stop it if we can. I'm going to go up and put my hand on his shoulder. Don't worry. I'll take good care of him. He'll be back. As you're here all gathered together, the village bell starts ringing out, indicating sundown. But you look and you see that the air is still suffused with that rosy golden glow. No. Ned. Oh, no. Stop it. And that heat that you feel between your father's hand and your own, you feel intensify. And you remember back to the planetarium with Wan Shitong when you were looking through the future. And you remember what he said about the comet. You guys better get ready. You know that firebenders get their power from the sun. Yes. Well, when there is a comet in close proximity, firebenders can gain almost a hundredfold of what their regular powers are. And we need to get back to the library very quickly. You'd better hang on because we're going to be vroom vrooming faster than we ever have. Oh, finally a stroke of luck. 
and your father claps you on the back and says, Vroom vroom, Amar. Vroom vroom. And as you get onto Fifi, Amar, you put your handles on the handlebars and you can feel the energy, just this immense heat going through you. And you can see that the handlebars almost start to glow red just as you're sitting here holding onto them, preparing to firebend. Okay, old girl. You've been through a lot. This is going to be a big one. I promise I will fix you if anything goes wrong. But we just need to get there now. I will fire her up. And uh, up is definitely the word for it. (laughs) As you just go shooting like straight up into the air for a moment. This big old (laughs) leap, just standing leap right off the ground. You go flying through the village. People are staring at you as you go overhead. That little boy has a little bun in his hand and he just drops it as he stares at you going over. (laughs) And so, Amar, for the duration of the remainder of this session, you're going to be empowered. Oh, boy. Empowered is a positive status. Your abilities are naturally stronger in this moment. You can clear one fatigue at the end of each exchange. Wow. That's insane. So you go shooting off towards the library at speeds you never thought possible even. Like when you were theorizing with Wan Shi Tong about what this moment would be like, you thought about, you know, man, I could like really get going fast and then Zai would really need to hold tight as we were moving along. And hey, it's happening. You just didn't <laughs> expect that Jetsun would be screaming in the sidecar the entire time. Like, uh, yes, I have the goggles on, but like they're almost flapping and my mouth is like open. My cheeks just kind of jostling. Your jowls. My jow- my, my old man jowls just kind of flapping in the wind. I'm clutching the <laughs> stick I got from the tree, like daydreaming about turning it back into a glider so I can get off of this thing. (laughs) Jetsun, can you keep it down? You're kind of ruining the moment. (laughs) Saya, isn't this amazing? Yeah, yeah, we can can pull over whenever you need to. (laughs) Absolutely not. And you go ripping across the Earth Kingdom. You're like turning everybody's heads as you're whipping past, just blowing by, basically a comet yourself, just streaking along the ground kind of mirroring the movement of the comet in the sky above you. And in a pretty short amount of time, you're in the desert, you're going up over sand dunes, just the, you're like a dolphin practically moving through the desert, up and down, up and down. And eventually you can see the spires of Wan Chi Tong's library off in the distance. Do we see anything like out of the ordinary pulling up? You get there and you come like screeching to a halt and Yung Tan and Zhang Tao come rushing up to you. Yung Tan is just like, wow, uh, I know you were talking about this thing really getting some kick during the comet, but holy cow, that's really something else. Has Taya been here? The Earthbender, is she here? And at Taya's name, you just hear. (laughs) (laughs) And Yung Tan goes, no, no, we haven't seen hide nor hair of her. And he's just kind of like elbowing Zhang Tao in the ribs. She's coming. We need to prepare. And Zhang Tao says, Wait, last time she was here, she didn't come in through the entrance. What are you good for? Let's get in there. And he's like, well, wait, wait, wait. No, no, I'm good for something. I'm good for something. And he goes just sprinting around the corner (laughs) of the library. And he points kind of up towards one of the walls and says, She climbed in through this vent over here. Is there a rope hanging from that vent? There's a rope hanging from that vent. Oh my god! I am sprinting full speed. I I might be rocket boosting with some fire bending to get to my shop where I keep the spare parts for Fifi. Oh yeah, we are on his tail. I'm going to set up two racing progress clocks. Oh boy. You guys are each going to get a six clock. And your goal, presumably, is to find Taya, to engage with the enemy. That is what your clock is going to represent. Taya's goal is to get out of dodge. And so, as you're moving along, you will make some moves to try and find her. Failures will fill up ticks on her clock. Successes will fill up ticks on your clock. And we'll see if you can catch her before she manages to escape. The first thing I would like to try to do is I'm going to run to the center of the atrium of the library. And I'm going to take a deep airbender breath and just inhale and then inhale again and just keep breathing in and create a suction through all of the air vents in the library, hopefully shutting them all and pulling her deeper into the library if she's trying to escape. If she's already trying to get in, then she's going to get pulled in faster, but she won't be able to get out as easy, hopefully. All right. Roll to rely on your skills and training. Oh, I need this roll to be good. 
That's a six. Oh. Unless somebody helps me. <laughs> I will see Jetsun as I'm blasting away and ye- yell down at him, Come on, Jetsun! You're full of more hot air than that! <laughs> when I hear him say that, I will squat. No! Yeah. I, will, I will do a deep squat as I take one more deep breath and <laughs> push it up to a seven. <laughs> yes! Alright, so that is a partial success. <laughs> so as you, given that final last gust, you hear vents starting to clang shut, starting from near where you are and then reverberating further throughout the library. And you're listening closely and you hear another clanging noise, a strange like thump, kind of close-ish to the workshop area. And so we're going to mark one tick on your clock and one tick on Ty's clock. Because a partial success would be one for each. Mm-hmm. That thunk was quite suspicious. Amor, I heard a suspicious thunk. <laughs> it's near your workshop. Um, I'm going to, hold on, in the library, My brain pictures the workshop like in Hogwarts when you're going down to like Snape's potions class and there's all these like swirling stairs that you gotta go down to get down there. That's how my brain is picturing where this workshop is at. Uh, Am I just making that up? Yes, you are, and now it's canon. Okay, so I'm gonna freeze water to make it into a slide so we can get down there really fast. Ooh, roll to rely on your skills and training. Good thing you upped your focus. <laughs> I did 13! Yeah! Oh, nice. Double sixes. Guys, this is the first time I've done this this whole campaign. Wow. You go rushing towards the stairs, and as you're passing by this fountain kind of in the center there, there's like this dragon phoenix statue that has water coming out of its beak and whatnot. You grab a bunch of water from that fountain, and you start just like frozoning your way down this spiral staircase. And you're like melting the water from behind you to add it to the front of this slide as you're going down. And you guys are picking up speed as you're going down faster and faster. You have marked two ticks on your progress clock and Taya gets none. (laughs) So you guys are at three out of six. She's at one out of six. Nice. Amar, now that we've arrived, do you see it? Do you see the piece? Is it here? I rush over and look at all of my pieces. In fact, I will use my firebending to slice cleanly through, like searching by slicing things in half. I know that this canister can handle just about anything I throw at it. So I'm slicing the other pieces to ribbons trying to find it. Yeah, let's say roll to assess a situation. That is a 12. All right. So you get two questions and you get plus one ongoing when you're acting on the answers. What here can I use to blank? Who or what is the biggest threat? What should I be on the lookout for? What's my best way out, in, or through? Who or what is in the greatest danger? Um, I'm guessing, this is just my logic, either we find the canister or Taya has the canister. So what can I use to find the canister? All right. You're looking through, you're tearing stuff apart, And as you're staring, trying to find the one, you can remember back to like when you first got in here and we're looking at like the new pieces versus the old pieces. And you remember picking up this particular one and kind of shaking it and being like, that sounds bad. Something's really busted up inside here. And you remember that distinct piece of equipment and it's nowhere to be found in here. Okay, she has it. And I'll yell, Taya already has the canister. And for my next question, what can I use to find Taya? You look around, trying to see the different areas that she could try and get out through. There's obviously the stairway that you came in through, and you're looking around, and what on earth is that? An opened vent up near the ceiling there? Seems like maybe she's trying to get out the same way she got in. The suspicious thud! (laughs) I'm going to run up to Zaya, and I'm going to throw my arm around her in a very much like uh, Superman Lois Lane, and uh, blast us off so that we are both flying through the air up and into that vent. All right. So with your full success on assessing that situation, you have marked two more ticks on your progress clock. You are at five out of six. Taya is at one out of six. Um, For one last attempt, if I may, I love this library. It is my home. I have forsaken my previous life. I have thrown myself fully into this. And as an airbender, these vents have always fascinated me anyway, so I'm sure I've studied them while I've been here. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is a beautiful thing. So very Mission Impossible 3D hologram. I pull up my little map in my brain. Your mind palace. My mind, I enter my mind library. Oh my gosh. 
I map out where I heard the thud, where she entered, and I am going to try. They're coming up from behind. I'm going to try and blast up through another vent and cut her off. And if I've done my calculations right, hopefully we should be able to push her down directly into the planetarium from the air vent that we're in between, if if I timed this out right. So I'm going to try and do that. All right, roll to assess the situation. I'm not going to oh. lie. All I'm imagining is the New Girl episode where they're all in the... <laughs> they're all in the vent with the badger. With the badger. <laughs> okay, I get a plus one because I am in a state... That's a 10. Oh boy. So you get two of those questions. What is my best way through the vents? Yeah. I mean, I think with that narrative, you already know the best way through the vents. Like you have them mapped out in your mind. You remember one particularly lazy day when you were like, I should just learn more about like the architecture of this building, right? And Shinlai being like, why do you want the blueprints for this place? And you're just being like, oh, I just like vents. You know, they move air. I'm an airbender. And Shinlai just being like, okay, nerd, whatever. Yeah, and you find yourself thinking, I always knew it would come in handy. Take that, Shinlai. That was such a good jet soon. And so, yeah, you know the exact path to follow to cut her off at the pass. And you get one more question. All right. I'm just going to say, honestly, since we first met that one earthbender who threw that rock through the window, Jetsune's been having a rough go because it sounds like Fire Lord Sozin's actually up to something that might be for real bad, not like esoterically bad. Like he's doing something. He has plans to do some serious business and it's all coming to a head and things are getting really stressful right now. I don't really know why she's gathering this. Who or what is in the greatest danger from all this? What's really happening? You start thinking, and you are mind-palacing so hard right now. Bits of red twine on the wall. Thinking back to, like, the very beginning, what did they steal? They stole these scrolls and books about the Avatar cycle, about the Air Nomads. You think to, like, the xenophobia that's been going on between the different nations. You think about Lord Sozin's desires to expand outward. And you put together like that final piece of the puzzle when you remember Gyatso talking about his pupil and you realize the avatar is the person who's in the greatest danger right now. With that knowledge, I will almost create a solid wall of air behind me to just shove myself forward through these vents and pull my friends, even though he's firebending, I'm gonna create air and we're all just gonna meet in the middle right on top of Taya and shove her through the vent into the planetarium. Yeah, so. With your successful roll, you have ticked the final section of your progress clock and coming in from both sides, fire assisted speed on one side, air assisted speed on the other side, Taya just like crawling on her hands and knees through these vents. She sees all of you coming in from both sides and she reaches down and blasts the vent out from beneath her and all of you begin falling down into the planetarium. I think it's time for an exchange, maybe? <gasps> exchange it up. Man. Would any of you like to defend and maneuver? I'm going to defend and maneuver. All right. Will anybody be advancing and attacking? And evade and observe? I will definitely be evading and observing. I will as well. All right. We're going to start with defend and maneuver. That is going to be Zaya and Taya. Ah, so, shit. <laughs> Zaya, go ahead and roll with focus. That's a 12. Ooh, nice. You get two mastered or basic techniques or one learned or practice technique. I'm going to use my learned or practice technique. I'm going to use water whip. So as we're falling, I'm going to whip some water around Taya and kind of use it to bring her up and then slam her on the ground. Oh, yeah. So you lash out. You mark one fatigue to inflict a condition or two fatigue, the target's choice. So she's trying to maneuver herself to get herself ready to like escape. And you're like, nope, 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 nope. You grab her and redirect her course as she's falling. And she slams down right on top of that stone dial in the center. You hear a little crunch as she hits. Mm. And uh, she's going to mark two fatigue for that. But it is now her turn. As she looks up and sees all of you falling down towards her, she is going to retaliate. Oh, nice. She like reaches out and there were like a couple bits of rubble that kind of fell down off of this platform as she landed. She like picks them up and starts just kind of like orbiting them around herself, getting ready for one of you guys to act. That is going to do it for Taya. 
We pass advance and attack and go to evade and observe. So Amar and Jetsun, both of you clear one fatigue and roll with creativity or harmony. Oh dear. That's an 11. All right. You get two basic or mastered or one learned or practiced. I also got an 11. And the same for you. All right. Well, the very first thing I would like to do as I land, I take my hands and just make one circular motion and then pull towards myself as I use suction, one of my elder moves. Snatch a small object off the ground or from a foe's hand with a sucking wind. The object snaps to your hand unless someone marks two fatigue to hold it or block its movement. I would like to steal the metallic cylinder. Nice. Yeah, you look down and you see she's got this big satchel at her side. And like when she landed on that central platform, it clanged as it hit down. And you're like, yep, that's where it is. And so as she's focusing on like trying to retaliate against you guys, you reach in there and you put a gust of air into the bag, inflating it, allowing for the cylinder to pop out. As it does, she looks up at it with wide eyes, and she for sure is going to mark that two fatigue ah, to try and block it. I thought she might. So she reaches out with her hand, and she grabs it and just like shoves it back down into the bag, and then takes a couple of those like bits of earth and kind of clamps them. It's kind of like a, a snap button almost. She just like clamps the bag shut with one rock on each side. Ugh, she's so good. So she is now marked for fatigue. Uh, I believe that does it for Jetsune, or wait, no, that is Mastered. That is Mastered. So you get another technique. I would like to slide around the blow. I'm just going to get up in her face. All right. So similar to how you got right up in Roken and Camellia's faces, you're pushing down with air as she's like rotating these bits of stone around her, and you're like kind of at a face-off almost hovering like a meter apart or so, just both of you waiting to see what the other one does. That brings us then to Amar, what would you like to do? I'm going to test her balance. I'm going to get up right in her face as much as I can and just start questioning her. Just, Taya, why are you doing this? You are an earthbender. You come from both earth and fire. You should know better. You should be keeping the four nations in harmony. As you are testing her balance like this, she looks up at you and kind of sniffs and is like, I see you've done your research. Well, why would I help the nation that has harmed me from my youth and tried to tear my family apart? Uh, Amar, do you happen to remember what Taya's principle is? I want to say that it was subterfuge. That it was. Yes! Way to have that memory! Yes! The Dai couldn't delete that. That's right. <laughs> so would you like to shift her balance away from center? I would. All right. She's now at plus one subterfuge. That brings us to the end of this exchange. Amar, since you are empowered, you can clear one fatigue if you have any marked. And also, I have another mystery progress clock that I'm tracking here. It is a four clock. At the end of this first exchange, one of the segments ticks, and as she's shouting back up at you about the nation that tried to tear her family apart, she starts kind of coughing and hacking, and you see some feathers fly out of her mouth. What? Oh, boy. Next exchange. Oh, boy. No. Can I do an in-between? Uh, yes. I'd like to unlock my moment of balance. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh. Okay, yes. Could you read that for us again? The pain of the world can be overwhelming, but balance brings peace. You bring everything around you to a stop. Villains, arguments, disaster, and set the world right. Tell the GM how your compassionate actions end a conflict utterly and completely. So... <laughs> So as I hear, why would I try to defend the nation that's torn my family apart? I'm going to take a moment, take a big breath in. Taya, what you are doing is no better than what they have done to you. All you're doing is making it worse. They need someone that is going to show them how to be better, how to be kind, how to love someone even, even when it feels like they don't deserve it. I can tell you that every single person in this room has lost someone in a way that is horrifying, that tears you, that wakes you in the middle of the night. And I know that it hurts. And I know that you want to do everything you can to to fix it and to make it right. And I tried to shut out my bending because of it. I thought of my, my water bending as the enemy. 
but facing it and trying to find a piece of it and trying to learn to love it has healed me more than any type of vengeance or hating myself or hating anybody else could. I know there's a part of you that doesn't want to do this. Your mother was an earthbender. What, what better way could you honor her memory than stopping this? And I'm going to go up and very timidly, making sure she's not going to punch me, put my hand on her shoulder. As you have been saying all of this, as you approach her, you could see that she'd been like trying to lift herself back up, coughing out more of these feathers. And you see like she puts one hand behind herself to brace her up, but it slips out. And you can see that like from the cuffs of her jacket and from the legs of her pants, feathers are starting to sprout out from these areas. Just these dark sort of greenish black feathers almost creating this prison around her. And she is struggling as she's trying to lift herself up as you approach. And by the time you reach her and put your hand on her shoulder, you can feel this bulk of feathers underneath her jacket. Taya, what is happening? As she begins coughing more, she says, I don't know what this is. I'm just trying to... (coughs) And she looks around at the three of you. She looks at Amar, who was separated from his grandfather because of some actions that she had taken, now separated from his father as well. Looking at Jetsun, who was very directly separated from Lobsing because of her looking at you, who now is separated from Kiyumi because you had to leave her to try and stop this machination that's going on here. And she looks around at all of these people that she can like suddenly start to realize that it's not just a nation. There are faces here that she is directly affecting. And that was a pretty long speech you had there. So these progress clocks have been ticking pretty quickly. And her jacket starts to split open at the seams, feathers pouring out, this bulk preventing her from moving. And you hear a massive whooshing of air near the entrance as Wan Tong comes swooping into the planetarium, his neck elongated and dragon-like, his tail as well. And he looks down with rage as you all are standing above Taya. Zaya, get back! I didn't do anything. Get back! Didn't do anything wrong. And Wan Chi Tong's voice echoes throughout the entire room. You have done nothing wrong, Zaya. It is this one here who has stolen knowledge from my library to take down her fellow humans, to harm those around her. I, for many years, tried to shut this place down to prevent such things from happening, and now here we are again. He sweeps his wings towards her, and you can see more of these feathers beginning to kind of burst out of her, and you can see fog starting to seep in from the corners of the room, the strange spiritual essence, similar almost to the fog that you saw in the swamp, definitely spirit-laden, but different this time, much more ominous. Master Wan Chitong, what is this? Is this you? I have come to defend that which is mine from those who try and use this knowledge to destroy the world. Tell me, what are you doing with this knowledge? And the growth of the feathers stops and Taya coughs once more and spits up a couple more of those feathers. And she says, the plans are already in motion. You can try to stop this, but there is no way. Which nation are you going to save? Which nation are you going to try and stop Lord Sozin's troops from attacking? Will you go to Wolf Cove at the South Pole? Will you go to Taku on the western side of the Earth Kingdom? Will you go to any of the four air temples and try and stop what is already in place? (coughs) The comet is overhead and my people are stronger than ever before. So tell me, which place are you going to try and save? Just send us, send us, Wanshitong, just send us. We we can go, we can help. Wanshitong looks down, and for the first time you can see a definite emotion in his eyes, and that emotion is rage and absolute hatred. And he looks down at Taya and says, You bloviate on about the greatness of the Fire Nation, about all of the power that they have. And as he's saying this, the fog continues to come in from the corners of the room and begins to wrap around Taya, intermingling with all of these feathers. And he says, perhaps you can tell it to those who will wander with you in the fog of lost souls for the rest of your days. <gasps> oh, man. 
and you see Taya struggling, trying to get out of this fog, but it gets thicker and thicker, and in a puff of feathers, the fog is dispersed, and you see the platform is barren. A couple feathers kind of fluttering off of it, but a large crack down the center of the dial where Taya landed on top of it. In the silence that follows, I slowly turn to Wan Shitong. Master, do you know what she was speaking of? Are our people in danger? The world is in danger because of me. And he lets out a shriek and stomps on the ground with his talons, and you feel the entire building begin to shake and rumble around you. And Xin Lai and Zhang Tao and Yung Tang come rushing into this room. They're out of breath. And Xin Lai looks up at Wan Shi Tong and says, Master, are you, are you sinking the library again? And Wan Shi Tong says, I should have done this ages ago. I should have stopped this all before this knowledge could have been used to destroy the world like this. Countless lives will be lost this day because I could not stay firm in my beliefs. And he flaps his wings and you feel the floor descend three feet beneath you as the building begins to shake and shudder and sink down beneath the sands. I take a quick air bend and I reach around the room and I grab Amar and I grab Zaya and I pull them both close to me in the center of the room away from the walls. And all of you gathered together, Zhang Tao and Yung Tan are holding up Xin Lai, supporting her as the room is shaking. And she looks up at Wan Shitong with tears in her eyes and says, What about the deal we made all those years ago that you would keep the library here for the benefit of mankind? That's why you brought it here from the spirit world in the first place, isn't it? Doesn't that mean anything anymore? And Wan Shitong slows in his tirade and you feel the place beginning to sink slower, but still moving down. And he looks towards Xin Lai and says, You would have this blood upon your hands then? Is that what you propose, Xin Lai? And she says, Wan Shitong, knowledge will always be used for bad by those whose hearts are filled with hatred, but it can be used for greater good by those whose hearts are filled with love. We all love this place. We love each other. We love the knowledge that is here. Just don't take it away forever. And he looks down at Xin Lai, and his eyes have once again gone impassive. And he looks towards the three of you and says, well, my knowledge seekers, what do you have to say? I step forward first, and I look at the two next to me. You have sent us out again and again into the world. We have gathered knowledge for you. But through that, we have had experiences. That is something that no amount of knowledge can replace. If you sink this library and remove it from the world forever... You will lose the linchpin of knowledge, that experience. And again, my hand will go to the three buttons on my poncho. Knowledge is merely the foundation. Without wisdom and without action, it serves little purpose. Whatever happens, I wish to stay with the library. And then I look to the two. But I do not pretend to speak for my companions. And then I step back. I'll take a step. There are many choices I could make right now. To return home to those that raised me. To go to Kumi and be the person I never had for her. But I would not feel complete. I cannot imagine a world without the access to knowledge and to wisdom. I'd like to still be able to do what I can to bring that to others. Even if we're six feet below and then I'll turn to Amar <laughs> you, you you choose whatever you want to I, I know you've had some awesome moments with your dad but I'd really like it if you'd stay with me and I'll lean in kind of hug Zaya close and give her the smallest most gentle little kiss <coughs> then I'll turn back to Wan Tongue, and I'll say I'll stay too this place is my home now. And you see standing next to Wan Shitong is Xin Lai and Zhang Tao and Yung Tan all holding each other as well. And Wan Shitong looks up at the ceiling of the planetarium and sees that great comet streaking across the sky. Here we have a conundrum. 
for humans are no longer allowed within my library. But I would not be without any of you. The world outside is likely falling apart as we speak. I would not keep you from your loved ones. You may still go out into the world, for how else would you seek knowledge for me? But to survive in this new world, you will need to be swift and cunning. You will need to move in the shadows and go unnoticed by the majority of people. You all can stay with me, but not as you are. Would you offer yourselves to be changed so that you may stay and be my knowledge seekers for the rest of your days? I don't answer. I just reach next to me and I grab Amar's hand and then I grab Zaya's. I'll do the same. I'll nod and hold on to my friends. And the other three come and join with you. And Wanshitong looks at you, Amar, and says, What is the end goal, my friend? My days are without number. And from here on out, your days shall be without number as well. And we cut forward 100 years. The three of you are rushing towards one of the upper walkways here in the library. Xinlai has just returned from one of her knowledge-seeking missions. She brought a beautiful scroll with her, but more exciting than the scroll was the news of a group of people she saw just outside the library, that final remaining spire, as she was rushing in. And you all pad silently along the walkways until you can see this group of people interacting with Wan Shitong. He's doing his big show-off-y, you know, no humans are allowed, you must share your knowledge with me, blah, 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 like he always does. <laughs> Classic. Zaya, you see two people wearing the same fashion that you used to wear when you were young back in the Southern Water Tribe. Amar, you see a man wearing a very similar uniform to what Professor Quay wore back in the day when you first met him in Bossing Say. And Jetsun, you see, with a winged lemur perched on his shoulder, a young boy with blue arrows on his head, hands, and feet. Wan Tong looks to the boy with the ponytail and says, You're not very bright, are you? <laughs> Swipes something out of his hand and says, Enjoy the library. And flies off down into the depths. What would you like to do? I'm going to pad down the stairs and nip at the heels of the little airbender. I'm going to try and pull him towards the stacks, towards my my special project, my little curated section that I've spent the last 100 years building of airbender history, tradition, and knowledge. Um, he seems distractible and full of energy, so I may or may not be successful. All the same, I'm going to sit on all fours, perk my ears up, and swish my tail back and forth excitedly just to have the chance to share the knowledge. He looks out and says, Hey, little guy, do you want a snack? So Sokka, do you have any whale blubber jerky in your pack? And he starts, like, digging through his pack. He's like, oh, I was going to save that for later, but fine. <laughs> and the three of you lead the Avatar and his companions further into the library to the various wings where they can find information about past Avatars to the planetarium with the fixed disc in the center. And though the world outside of you has been falling apart... Just as Wan Shitong had said, you see in front of you the bridge between worlds who can pull it all back together. And that is where we're going to conclude our story in the world of Avatar Legends. I'm so glad we got to do that. Roll call. Who's crying right now? I am. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm not. <laughs> You've been crying for an hour. <laughs> Christian doesn't have tear ducts, so... I'm crying on the inside. That's good for you. <laughs> oh, man. What an episode. What a campaign. Wow. Oh, oh, I can't believe what it's Ned. over. That what was a beautiful, Ned. What a story. Oh, thank you. What a story, Mark. Wow. <laughs> well, everybody... You may be seeing the end of the Knowledge Seekers in this iteration, but you will see them again every single time you watch the library episode on your 15th watch of the entire <laughs> series, I'm sure. Now I want to go watch it. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch it. <laughs> we are all a lot foxier now. Ooh. Yes, very foxy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Especially you, Jetsun. <laughs> <laughs> Only look this good because of those squats. <laughs> there's, little, there's little, like, extra strong muscles on the back legs. <laughs> I still do squats every morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this is definitely one area in which we've taken maybe a bit more artistic liberty with the cane, you know. So in Wanshi Tong's adventure guide, it says that, you know, Wanshi Tong has foxy knowledge seekers that go and get stuff for him, but it doesn't say that they were always foxes, so I'm going to take that and run with it. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh, gosh. Well, we're going to have a very, very big talk back to go through all of this. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, uh, we usually reserve the talk back for our patrons, but this one's going to be special enough. This is going to be a full campaign wrap-up mailbag episode. If you have any questions remaining that you want us to make sure we answer any in. final loose ends to tie up, yep. reach out to us. We're on social media at Improv Tabletop. We've got our email account, improvtabletop at gmail.com. If you're one of our patrons, you can get a hold of us directly in the Discord. We have so much to go over with this campaign and we would love to leave no stone unturned as much as possible for you guys. So next week you'll be getting a little update about the future of Improv Tabletop where we're going to be going after this campaign but the week after that will be our big campaign wrap up and so you've got a couple weeks to get those questions in and uh, oh boy I'm excited to dig into all of this and see what happens Ooh quick addendum here to account for cast schedules during the upcoming holidays and whatnot we've decided that we're going to record this finale talkback episode on november 22nd so if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out that means you have six days to get us your questions before we close that submission window so get them in while you can that was beautiful that was beautiful well done everybody that was ned that was mostly you but i love the group effort that that was that was really special i'm just personally really glad that we got to do this in this format with the people listening and the interactions we've had and i'm gonna be able to go back and listen to this whenever yeah forever yeah and have this experience and oh that's just so special and makes me so happy (laughs) created something special here and uh it's gonna sound really chintzy when i say it but it really is all because of the listeners oh yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. back from day one when we released our very first avatar legends one shot the library heist itself at the very end i remember that kind of nervous young podcaster ned being all like hey we think this is kind of cool do maybe you think it's kind of cool too we'd love to do a campaign please 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 tell us you like it so we can do a campaign and now here we are it's been eight months almost to the day since we recorded that session zero it's been a wild time and i'm gonna miss it but we've got more great stuff coming up awesome stuff coming up Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to ImpTab Avatar, and we'll be back next time with a brand new campaign for you all to listen to. So if you want more, go and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a young airbender who has some new foxy friends if you'd go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about the future campaign and the different plans we got going on. Don't be afraid to reach out. Next up, we're going to shout out our next trio of Sticker Club patrons. Sticker Club. First up, we've got Deva Tuttle. Hey, Deva. Hello, Deva. Deva was uh, the contractor that they hired to come in and repair that dial because, you know, they would have Zhang Tao do it, but he's a fox now, so he can't <laughs> lift really big, heavy stuff. So they called in Deva with all of her earthbending knowledge. Surprise, Deva, you're an earthbender now in the Canon Improv Tabletop. <laughs> Thanks for fixing that dial so that uh, Sokka could use it. It's Canon. Next person we're shouting out is Sammy Ryan Art, yes. who has made so much beautiful artwork for this campaign. Beautiful. So wonderful to see these characters in beautiful color, to see their faces in something more than just our imagination. Thank you for the contributions that you've made there. And the last person we're shouting out today is Tyson Lanzin, who, even though Jetsun is a foxy knowledge seeker now, still remains Jetsun's pupil because, you know, like <laughs> Wanshi Tong said, you guys can still go out into the world and talk to the people you love. Mm-hmm. And goodness gracious, Tyson Lanzin has a direct librarian that he can get information back and forth from whenever he wants. It just takes a while to get the knowledge there from the library because yeah, okay. it's a long journey for a fox. 
That does it for this batch of Sticker Club patrons. Thank you so much for being a part of the ImpTab family, and we'll have more to shout out next time when we get some more episodes in in our next campaign. But now we're going to do a round of plugs, and I'll take that this time. First of all, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play going through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. But holy cow, we really messed stuff up for Thomas by <laughs> killing some people. That the campaign thought we weren't supposed to kill, but we're too good. So we killed him anyway. <laughs> um, so <laughs> go listen to that. It's gotten so wild and so cool. I'm having a great time with it. We also have 15 fake campaigns in our backlog that you can go back and listen to. One I'm just going to mention off the top of my head is Dumbledore's Delinquents. That one was super fun. <laughs> that one was it was fun. just so fun. A goofy old Love time. January. <laughs> January. Oh my goodness. That's who we should have oh. gotten us for Halloween. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, go listen to Dumbledore's Delinquents. It's such a fun time, just like blowing apart the Harry Potter world. It's a beautiful time. And Robert Pattinson. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we also have an entire Avatar Legends campaign that you can go back and listen to. You do. Because, I mean, what do you want to do more right now than go back and listen to the library heist all over again? Am I right? That's right. Yeah. We've also got a Patreon that you can sign up for where you can get bonus episodes and you can get in touch with us on the Discord. And it's because of that Patreon that we are able to do all of these awesome new bonus episodes that we're working on. It's a grand old time. And then the last thing that I am going to plug in this final episode of this here campaign is I'm just going to publicly state my love for Caleb Anderton, McKenna Steele, and Christian Randall, three of my best friends in the whole world who have, oh, I'm getting very emotional, who have given up a lot of their free time and their energy and have shared a lot of tears to create this story with me. A lot of blood, a lot of sweat, because no, no blood, no blood, no blood, no blood. No blood was shed for this campaign. Just a lot of tears and a a lot of sweat because I am the sweaty boy when I GM. (laughs) (sighs) So thanks to all three of you for being part of this beautiful story. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. I'm I'm not going to say anything else because I feel very emotional right now. So I'm going to (laughs) deflect. Love you, Ned. You too. Ned Mabugi. Love all you guys. We really much love and stuff. We mean it. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) From the bottom of all of our hearts, everybody, much love and stuff, and we will catch you next time, eventually, on ImpTab Avatar. Guys, it's getting real. I don't want to do this. (laughs) You don't want to do it? You're too stressed? I'm too stressed. (laughs) That's why I haven't been talking a lot. If McKenna's not talking a lot, you know something's wrong. (laughs)